Thanks for coming back, guys. Today, we've got uh, Trevor Bird on the line from Fable Kitchen in Van. Trevor is having a win right now. He just won the Golden Plate for Chef of the Year, has got three thriving businesses, Fable Kitchen, Fable Diner, and Meet Me, which is a startup to get good quality farm-to-table food online instead of eating that shit they sell you at the grocery store. And this guy's a part of a high-performance mastermind called Man Talks with Connor Beaton. And he earned every piece of this. If you've been through some shit in your life, like we all have, and you're trying to figure out how to make something of yourself, this is the guy you need to listen to. This story and lessons he's learned along the way are critical, and there are some unbelievable takeaways that you can get from this. Check it out. All right, let's get into it. Thanks for joining us again, dudes. Uh, we've got Trevor Bird from Fable Kitchen. We're here in Vancouver. Uh, it's rainy days outside, but it's... I feel like it just rains here. all the time. Oh, man. It's just I been know. brutal. I came in August, and it was so hot and so sunny, and I was like, this is my place. <laughs> I left and then came back in December, and I was like, this is sad. <laughs> but um, no, it's fantastic. Love the city. Um, the vibe here is epic. So we're going to jump. The crashing and banging you can hear in the background is from the kitchen. Um, but we're going to jump into it, as we always do, with our high and the low for the week. So... I'll model that. Um, my high for the week has, uh, yeah, last night was the uh, our accountability group that we've got going on. Uh, we had a bunch more guys jump on board and it was a sick, it was an awesome night. Tashar was there, um, the guy behind the camera and just really creating a really tight bond of dudes that are keen to put in the work and actually make a change. I would like to know actually more about that and see like how you facilitate your group meetings and like what, what you do, you know, and maybe give your listeners an, an insight into that because I'm very curious as to what does your night look like? Yeah, exactly. That's dope. Um, so let's just go for it. We pretty much have um, a list of what we want to do between now and next week. So what would your ideal week look like so that you could rock up and feel like this week was a success? Um, for me, you know, like this Sunday was I need to spend five hours on Instagram doing like the Gary V dollar eighty strategy, actually interacting. Sounds like a hell. That sounds yeah. like hell to me. Yeah, it's a long time, <laughs> and it's just it's something I've been needing to do and I've been avoiding, you know. And so when I have that uh, competitiveness, like I've got with uh, Dushar and the accountability from the guys, I get it done. And I find that you know it's been sitting on the back burner for the last couple of months, and that really helps me to just put the wheels in action. You know what I mean? And then when we rock up the next week, it's like, okay, what? how did you go? Are you in accountability with the group or not? And, you know, if the answer was no, then it's like, well, what did you make more important? And that question is, you know, can be pretty confronting because it's like, wow, actually, what did I make more important? Like sitting on Instagram, scrolling through, titillating myself, you know, like doing nothing instead of being proactive and actually putting in the work. And it's like, okay, well, what's the, what's the consequence of that? Well, the consequence is that I'm out of accountability with you guys and I feel like shit. And, you know, you can sort of go down that path and be like, okay, well, what can you do to get yourself back in accountability? And you see where the path is going and it really... Oh, yeah, I love it. Puts I know it, it. Yeah, exactly. So it puts things back in perspective, you know, instead of being able to weasel your way out. Um, so that was definitely the high for the week, just getting the, the big band of brothers together. And the low for the week was... Uh, someone hurt their hand last night. It's not really that low, but uh, someone hurt their hand last night and I had to drive. Uh, they couldn't drive the company car. They had to go to hospital, so I had to drive someone else to this car 
and I just fell behind. I, my, my schedule was tight and it all just sort of, I'd lost 45 minutes and everything just sort of went and uh, squeezed really tight. Found I feel that. Speeding. My whole life is, is on a tight schedule yeah. like that and I get it. 100% right. And it's like, and then that's when it's like, you start really valuing your time. You know, you're like, oh shit. But then the trick I've, I was trying to do is like while I'm driving and trying not to speed is like just staying chill. You know what I mean? So that I don't rock up to the thing that I've nearly missed. Oh yeah. And be like, like carnage and, and yeah. wrecking the whole joint. Just act cool, man. Be sober. Be exactly. sober. Be sober. What about you? Fill us in, mate. Uh, the I had a really interesting highlight of my week, actually. Um, I had a day of solitude. So I uh, planned this with my wife. I have a two-year-old at home and my wife... Uh, is extremely busy. She works full time and, and she's got tons of things going on. She's gone to grad school. She's trying to do her taxes and she's like just in a hurricane of shit right now. Downtown. And uh, I planned this out for about, uh, I have this uh, life coach and he gave me this project to do, which is a day of solitude where you turn off all your technology, you sit in a room and you're not allowed to do anything except for journal and meditate. So on Tuesday, I got this day. I planned it out for, it took about a month to plan with my wife. And she's like, all right, Tuesday is your day. So uh, I, I, the night before I turned off all my technology and for 24 hours, I did not touch it. I did not do anything. I did not contact Solid. anybody. I didn't speak. I didn't interact with my wife. I didn't enter. I'd locked myself in my room for 24 hours. And uh, that was a really profound experience. The the amount of, of answers that you can have when you listen to yourself and the amount of clarity you gain on unsureness and not knowing what to do and where to go, it's, it was, I think you have to be ready for it and you have to have an intention going into it, but it was, uh, it was a huge win, huge. Uh, the conclusions that I came up with are uh, technology is the devil. <laughs> that was that was my psychotic. Just like it's crazy. I can't take it anymore. So um, that was one of the big ones. But I, I really I really want to dive into a bit more and like controlling your technology and not letting technology control you. And that was uh, it's it's a hard thing. And I think that society in general needs to work on that, including myself. I mean, it's so easy just to check emails constantly and and get sucked into this vortex of bullshit throughout your day. And then you see how ineffective you become through all these means of all of your phone and your computer. And it's like when I do emails, it's like, shit, man, I could waste six hours a day doing emails. And it's just this fucking God, it's brutal. (laughs) So, um, yeah, a big, big, big win there was learning and, and contemplating and gaining clarity on how to actually take control of of that as opposed to it controlling myself um and that was a giant win uh and then after that day i mean it's been every day has been i feel like i'm powerful you know i feel Mm. like i'm like i got this and it's like i can really put a good uh a healthy relationship on on my on my technology so and that was i mean it's only been like coming up on six days here (laughs) but it's feeling good so pulled back into the void yeah, so that was a really big win. Um, a low? I don't know. I would just say I, I, I mean, not really a low, but I mean, I did work uh, a massive week after that was my, my one day, and then I just pushed really hard. Um, I probably could have been there for my kid a little bit more uh, this week on, on some days, but I mean, he's a huge priority, and one of the whole reasons of why I'm going through this whole like, self-development thing and why I support you guys so much is because I, I, I was having a hard time when I had my kid 
being a good dad, being a present father, being a good husband. And not that it, it wasn't, I, was, I wasn't good. I just wasn't showing up as I should. My wife wasn't really happy with me. I didn't have a great relationship with my son just because I, I mean, he's so young and he's just a little baby. He doesn't, mm. I can't do anything for him. So that was, uh, I probably could just spend a bit more time with my kid this week. Mm. And I would say that would be a low, but beyond that, it was a, uh, it was a pretty solid week. Cool, man. Good times. Yeah. And so like, let's dive into for the guys that don't know who you are. Like you're here in Vancouver, you just won this golden plate, right? Like, what was that? Was that pretty epic? This is going to take us down a really long conversation. <laughs> it really will. Um, so, uh, I, I, did I even introduce myself? I'm the terrible no, at doing this. All right, well, like, my name is Trevor Bird. Uh, I, I got two restaurants in Vancouver, Fable Kitchen and Fable Diner uh, in Kitsilino and on Main and Broadway. And I, I'm a co-founder in a startup called meetme.ca. Um, and uh, I have a condiment company, Black Pepper Jam, which is kind of run through everything else. And I cater within that just because it's all in the same space and it's easy to execute. So. Um, I got a couple of businesses going, and and always, always looking for, for something more that I can help people with to to get on because that's kind of what my purpose is. So, uh, yeah, getting recognized as Chef of the Year. Now you like how was that? Must have been epic. Was it sick? No. <laughs> Seriously, it was it was it was probably one of, uh, it was a very shocking moment for me because I found out that I won it. Um, about a month before it was published and I was going it was my first day of vacation when I found out I got an email I was like oh shit this is awesome like sweet and then went on vacation forgot it like I totally forgot about it and then uh, I was doing a catering that evening and the paper was at the catering that I was doing and they're like hey like congratulations and I was overcome by anxiety I was got really depressed I got I wasn't sure how to handle it. It was like being recognized and I, I just freaked out. And, and wow. I mean, as, as males and men, like it's, it's hard to ask for what you need, what you want and recognition. It's really, it's, it's like, it's something that we're working on in my man's group with man talks. I mean, like we all have to say like in our accountability meetings, like what do you want to be recognized for? What do you want to be proud of? And um, that's something we all struggle with and we're a group of eight to 10 guys and we all struggle with it, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty profound experience and it sent me down a weird path for a bit, but it, it also, I was super excited about it because it, it opened up the space to be like, all right, what's going on here? What's wrong with this? Where are the shadows? What's happening? Mm. Like, why, why am I not accepting this graciously? And, uh, I, I, I dove into that a lot with some, some of my friends and mentors and uh, came up with some really interesting, cool conclusions through it and, and kind of like where I'm at in life and what what's going on. And so I don't know if you want to get into it all. 100%. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. So, so everybody would think like, hey, congratulations. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, cool. Like, it's great. But like, I, like being publicly recognized for something that I don't necessarily identify with anymore um, can kind of fuck you up a little bit. Okay. So what don't you identify with? Well, like, if, you, if I look, like, you know me as Trevor Bird, the chef. And I question myself. Am Instagram I re- handle Chef Trevor Bird. Yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I a chef anymore? Yeah. Do, like, when I, when I come up with the, the explanation in my head as a chef, and the only thing that I've known as to be a chef is somebody that works in their kitchen 12 to 16 hours a day. Uh, somebody that is in their kitchen working with food, leading a team, 
in the kitchen all the time and I don't do that anymore. Mm. I have a family. I have multiple businesses. I, I love cooking, but I don't get to do it as much as I like to. And as much as the constraints of the world puts on me, I cannot cook like I used to. So when, they, when, when I get recognized as chef of the year, I start instantly comparing myself to my peers that are chefs that work in their kitchen 16 hours a day, that really grind all day long. Do I think I'm the best chef in Vancouver? Fuck no, not a fucking chance. I mean, there's guys out there that like grind and they are amazing cooks. I don't know about their personal lives, but they make some goddamn yeah. good food, right? So it was really interesting to me because I like comparison is a thief of all joy. But I mean, you know, I, I, I'm down this path of like, if I cooked up against like, like Hector Aguna at, at Botanist, he'd destroy me. You know what I mean? Like there's all these guys that are, are, are doing so much more as a chef. But I got recognized as a chef and I was like immediately my identity got attached to it. And it was like, I'm not really a chef anymore. Like I'm not the chef, you know? So, um, yeah, that was, that was the, the story of, of how it was really hard for me to deal with. That's not it. And so what did you, like, are you comfortable with it now? Like what did you, what was the work you put in to go to like? Um, writing out sure. what my responsibilities are now, where, what my roles are in my life, a father, a husband, a chef, a business owner, um, a friend, a family, like a family member, like how do I want to show up in all these, in all these different areas? And being a chef and the way I've been growing up being a chef, the only way to do that is put everything else on the back burner and be a chef. Mm. That is the only thing that you can do. So I'm kind of writing out all my roles and what are all my goals in those roles? So what do I want to accomplish as a husband? What do I want to accomplish as a father? What do I want to accomplish as a chef? And it's, it's not, it used to just be like, cook the best food I possibly can and work. You know what I mean? And that's where a lot of inspiration and drive and creativity comes from. But with all these other things surrounding it, you know, I have to make time for cooking, but it can't be 12 to 16 hours a day, unfortunately. So, um... The work was basically defining what chef means to me personally without taking any other context into that thought and what I can do with that. That's epic. Epic, man. And as you were going through, like, say, your apprenticeship, you were learning off other people and, you know, gaining the skills, when did you know you were ready to break out on your own? And was there a point where you were like, okay, like, I'm going to give this a crack? When I was when I was like 15 and realizing that I cannot be told what to do ever. Really? I still can't be told what to do. <laughs> Even if my wife is like, hey, can you take the dog out? I'm like, God damn it. Yes. So it's, weird, it's a weird thing. I'm still trying to explore that a little bit. But um, I mean, I knew from a very young age that I could never be working for someone. I, I love leading teams and I love being a part of a team and I love inspiring people. But a, a, I'm going to say a poor manager or somebody like, like holding like, like weight over me just drives me fucking crazy. And I started saving money from the time I was about 15, a hundred bucks a month because I knew that there's no other way that I was working for someone else. So I'd say, yeah, at that age was the, was the age where I I would, I knew that I would be on my own. And like, when did you actually make that step when you were like okay it's time to go out and 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Top Chef. I don't know. You're, I know you're from, not from around here, <laughs> but there's this show called Top Chef Canada, yep. and uh, I was at a pretty low point in my career and stuff. And this is like a whole other like 20 minute conversation if you want to get into it. But I mean, I was at a pretty low point in my my career where I was 28 years old and. I just wasn't given any opportunity. I mean, I've cooked my whole life. I mean, that's the only thing I know how to do, really. Um, and uh, I, I, I was 28 years old, couldn't get promotions. Like, I, I applied for all these sous chef positions, couldn't get them. I wouldn't get promoted in the place that I worked. They wouldn't promote me. I mean, I was, like, not ready for it now that I look back on it. I was like, there's no way I would hire myself either. But... You know, in that time, you're like, well, why not me? Like, why why am I not getting this? And I, I wasn't very reflective or self-aware, like, wasn't taking anything into consideration. But, I mean, I knew that I knew how to cook. But, I mean, there's management and dealing with people is a whole other fucking yeah. ball game, you know, that, that needs so much attention that I didn't have at that time. Um, but uh, I, I just needed to reassurance that like I'm going on the right path and I was almost going to get out of cooking and then I got accepted onto Top Chef Canada again feeling like shit because I would never I never got any promotions never got anything I performed way better than I thought I would like I had I went into that thing a friend actually signed me up for because I wasn't even going to do it and when I went to do it I was like ah whatever like like I'm just doing this for fun to see like what it's like to cook creatively again and I did really, really well, fortunately, and it set me down the path I'm on today. And then I, I, around halfway through that show, I was like, oh yeah, I do know how to cook and I am pretty good at it and I have good ideas. And uh, there was one episode where we won called Restaurant Wars, which is like an iconic episode on Top Chef. And uh, I came up with the name and the concept and they were, and the judge was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open that restaurant. And I was like, oh man, that was, that was like the moment in my head where I'm all in and opening a restaurant. Sick, sick. And is there something that you, a particular meal that you love to cook for other people? Like something that's your favorite I mean, to- a, p- a particular meal? No, but like a move that like, that is definitely a crowd pleaser and we'll get everybody like, everybody eats and like, holy shit, is, uh, is like a olive oil poached salmon with a soy truffle vinaigrette. and. It's just so good, and it reminds. It's just so technically sound, but so simple. And uh, whenever I cook it, it's just it's just a really easy but technical dish, and it just mm. bring it all. It always brings good memories and puts a smile on my face. Sick. What, could you repeat what it was? Uh, olive oil poached salmon with soy truffle vinaigrette. Yeah, we and have to go make that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you how. It's super. Yeah, easy. I was gonna say. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, if it's too technical, I don't think we'll pull it off. Um, but if you could, like, we were talking about the. Um, men's groups and man talks and that sort of stuff if you could divide your life into like a before and an after state is there a point where there was a split or a like big shift for you like that coming of age experience or like when you were like I'm on I'm here I mean there is a good I contemplated that question um, and I'm going to say that it was broken into two parts and it wasn't through the man groups but the man groups set me down that path but when I was 17 um, I got kicked out of my house and my mom was like, you can't live here anymore. Like, I know I was a dick. I was a 17 year old dickhead. Um, my mom kicked me out of the house and that was like, that was a kick in the face of reality where I really didn't know. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, I didn't know what else to do. And I was like, okay, I'm on my own. Like a, nobody, like I didn't have a father growing up. I didn't have any good direction growing up. We can get into that later as well if you want, but that like terrible upbringing. Um, 
and and just realizing that I need to I had to drop out of high school at that point because I needed to work to pay my way to pay rent and it was so it, it could have been so easy to go down a terrible path it, like it, it would have been easy to just fucking live on the street and start doing drugs like I had I had a group of friends that were living like that you know and I, I could have done that but um, that was the point where I kind of got immersed into cooking and cooking was like a savior from that whole experience for me it was like mm. The talking about working the, the 12 to 15, 16 hour days and stuff. I mean, that was my meditation for the day. That was pulling me out of the bad shit, right? So that would be a, an iconic moment in my life where I knew that I was on my own. And I knew I had to do to make sh- what I had to do to make shit work. Mm. Um, and then uh, going down this path here, I mean, going from the beginning, we opened Fable. Um, I have no clue how to manage people. I've only been a chef. I mean, a line cook, not even a chef. I, I've ran a couple of restaurants, but they were like pretty shitty, like nothing notable. And uh, I opened this place. It's really goddamn successful, more successful than I could have asked for. I have this amazing team. I cannot hold staff for the life of me. I'm a dickhead. I'm stressed out. I take on way too much. Um, and we're about to open a second restaurant and my leadership skills are subpar at best. Um, my business partner who you see walking around here, the, the, the woman, um, she, uh, we went, we were out for drinks in Chicago doing some recon for the diner because Chicago has amazing diners. And she tells me, she's like, like in a very inappropriate time and way, she says, you are a fucking terrible manager, Trevor. Like <laughs> you, you're, you're a fantastic cook, but you cannot deal with people. And me and my drunken state was like, fuck you. Like just, just raged a little too hard. And then, and then like the next day I was like, she's so right. I am a terrible manager. And if I'm opening another restaurant and I need staff and I need a team, it's like, and I know that I knew this existed. I knew people could lead teams and people could, could like successfully handle hundreds of people and open. And I didn't know how they did this. So, uh, very simply, that was the beginning. That was the very beginning of the whole self-awareness thing. And that happened when I was 29, 30 and uh, that's when I was like, all right, I, gotta, I need to start to work on myself and I need to start to look at what I need to do to, to make things happen. So um, fast forward a bit, I get into this program called Manager Tools. Um, they're, they're online, they're free. Fucking incredible resource on terms of how to lead a team, how to manage situations. It is dry and boring as hell, but so much good information. I'll say that again, Manager Tools. That is like the, one of the first things that kind of took me down that path. Um, and then, uh, getting into man talks, I went, because I do quite a bit of public speaking and public demos. Um, I went to see uh, real talk summit with man talks and I saw Connor Beaton speak guys, super inspiring on stage. His stage presence is amazing. And I was like, shit, I want to do that. So I contact him and then he's like, Hey, like I run this mastermind group. You should be involved in it. I apply, I meet up with these guys and then the very first day like going into that it was like my wife was pissed off at me for like not being a good husband and not being present because i was like oh i can't do this i gotta work i gotta work i gotta cook i gotta like just always putting everything on the back burner i can't like like why don't you spend time with your son oh i can't like like i didn't have a good connection with my son and uh she was like really upset and worried a lot of the time and she would we weren't connecting like we weren't doing well you know like sex life kind of sucks and like you're not 
you're not either, you're not there with each other. We're not taking on the world together, and that's not appropriate for a husband and wife combo. Mm. Um, and I knew on the inside that I needed to be better. I needed to do better. So I didn't really know much about man talks, but I was like, Connor's a super inspiring guy. I wasn't sure about his space, but he gave that speech. It gave me a little bit more insight into what he does. And he's like, hey, like, join this group. I did. And then the very first uh, weekend that we had away, uh, the exercises that we went through and the, the vulnerability that I was able to open up with with a group of guys was life-changing. And working through all of this shit, like, like if you ask any of those guys, we're all really good friends, the best friends that I have in the world right now. Um, walking into that room, they were like, they were like, you look fucked up. And I did. I remember walking in that room the first time. I was just like stone faced, like so burnt out, pissed off. And I was like, oh, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't have time for this shit. Like, why am I even gonna like be a part of this thing? And like, yeah, that was that that day just changed my life. Man, hundred percent. That's sick. And so, like, a lot of people come to that point, you know, that you came through when you were twenty nine, thirty, and they're like, "Whoa, you know, like, I need to make a change here, or I need to find the skills and like apply them, and you know, put them into my life." Like, what were the things that kept you on track? You know what I mean? Because lots of people have great intentions and they just fall off fall off the line i'm gonna say this when when i when i went to man talks i wasn't actually 30 man talks happened when i was like like not even a year ago yeah i'm 35 so it was like when i was 34 so at 30 i need i'd realize i needed to and make a change you started putting in the work though right i started putting in work how i like how i could myself and i got to this point where i couldn't do it anymore alone and then like the universe has always given you what you need right it's always helping you out it's always there for you and it was like i needed someone to facilitate my growth further and connor came into my life and then it was like, I, I, you know, you always hit these plateaus where you're like, okay, I don't know what else to do. So, um, yeah, I think that whatever happens, it's like, it's all happening for a reason. And I, there's a quote that I love that's you're, you're always at the right place at the right time. So, yeah, no matter what it is. 100%. Always. And so what about um, for guys that are, you know, more my age and Tashar's age, like that 23, 24, I, I f- 25. I wish like- I had your fucking <laughs> self-awareness at that age. At that age, I was like doing way too many drugs partying way too hard cooking until hours of the morning like sleeping for two hours a night kudos to you guys man. thanks man. I'm gonna say. appreciate it we're hungry yeah um so you know for like a lot of guys it's like well i love i don't really enjoy getting fucked up anymore like yeah. but what the hell else am i gonna do like what what advice or direction would you sort of send those guys in because for, for well, me like i'm a i feel alive you know, yeah. I and mean, I know what it feels like, but when I was there, I was like, "Well, fuck, this is boring." Yeah, you know. Like, I think that I think that it, it comes from a very strong, strong internal battle of knowing you're not happy, knowing that you need to change a certain aspect in your life, and uh, I, I like I, I am so passionate about this stuff, and I, I think that everybody should have accountable accountability groups, men groups. Things where you get where where men can fucking open up to each other and have it be okay. Like emotional intelligence and being emotionally healthy is being vulnerable in front of other guys. And and we're always given, you know, like this is said over and over, but we're always given this mask to wear as a as a man of like, no, you shouldn't cry, no, you shouldn't be like this, or you should bury your emotions. And like that's not going to create a healthy human. Um, so I think that 
going down that road of, of, of the, making the first step is just realizing that you're not happy. Realizing that, hey, there's something else out there. As soon as you realize that, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the first step of the stair, right? Yeah. Knowing there's bullshit. Knowing that, like, I, like, for me, anger is a huge issue for me. And it's like, I fucking hate myself when I get angry. That was my first step being like, how do I change? I don't like being angry. I don't like being depressed. I don't like being uh, not motivated. I don't like not having a girlfriend. And it's like, how do I change these things? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just being in it. Because sometimes when you, I'm in it, when I'm just act, when I'm just depressed, it's like, can't see outside or how I can change it. Instead of being like, wow, I feel depressed and I don't like this. I need to do something about it. Totally. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, in all, in all, I, it's easier said than done just because I've been through like a bit of that staging. But I mean, if I was to give advice, I would say if you feel that need, reach out to man groups like yours or man talks or uh, there's not even that many man groups out there. But like reach out to them and and they're going to they're going to facilitate something for you and put you on some good path. Yeah. It's, re- it's really important to be called on your bullshit and it's really important to to be accountable. Man, especially I, I find personally, my I'm good at being, I guess, lying to myself and you know, sh- and thinking that, I, yeah, not being held to my shit. You know what I mean? And so unless I have other people around me that are you know creating that environment, it's easy for me to slip off the path and make an excuse. Yeah, know? it's a, it's like it's it, another good quote is uh, it's like uh, sweeping the floor. You know, you gotta you gotta practice it. You gotta sweep that floor every day or sweep it once a week because. If not, it's just going to be filled up with dust and yeah, shit, and yeah, you're going to have enough. a fucking dirty floor. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, is there a moment, you know, in that, from say, let's say, like 17, maybe when you got moved out, kicked out of home, mm-hmm. to like now, was there a moment that was like you thought was, it's uh, like this is the worst it could be. My whole life. That <laughs> man, my whole life, like shit. But then it turned out to be good. Yeah. So an example would be I went out to I went out to sea on the live out in the ocean shitting myself thought it was the worst decision I've ever made turned out to be the best thing I've ever done like something like that why was it the best thing you've ever done because it made me grow up it was my coming of age experience I was on a boat with 14 other dudes and I learned how to work hard I learned how to prove myself and be proud of my work that's awesome that was sick um, well, I have like a, a resilient story that that kind of set, again set me down this path a little bit, like now where I'm at today. But uh, I went to to a resilience talk in general, and I saw the speakers talk and uh, and Dove Baron. I don't know if you know Dove Baron, but he's very much in the space. He's a he's a veteran. He's an old boy, and he is uh, absolutely incredible. He's actually one of my coaches right now, and he is like next level genius. This guy, so. He gives a speech at this thing. It's a small, intimate room, maybe 50 people. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy's unreal. His speech is like top world leader. He wins awards for it all the time. It's amazing. Um, and then two other guys get on stage and they do a good talk. And I was like, I, I just didn't, it didn't really resonate with me. And then I was like, all right, I got this. I got this good resilience speech that I think could, I could touch a lot of people with, right? And I've been toying with it. I've said it before on stage, but it wasn't very well structured. And But it's a good one. So... I go home and I, I talk to Connor. I'm like, hey, I want to give this resilience speech at some point to whatever group you have. I want to just bounce it off and see how it goes. So I do this whole resilience speech thing. I, I chronologically organize it. And I'm like, and I have a man talk weekend uh, coming up. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to practice this speech and give it to the boys and see what they think to 
put it wherever. See what Connor thinks, see if he can put it somewhere. Because I think that it, it does add a lot of value to people's lives. Um, I give this speech and I fucking like break down. Like I can't even talk. Like I can't even like get through the speech and I'm like, I thought I was cool with like my life and how I grew up. And I, I thought I've come to terms with it. But clearly after speaking that like was a huge realization of like, I still got so many demons yeah. to work through. So uh, talking about my whole life is like, shitty 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 and i'm like yeah it's fine you keep on pressing it down don't deal with it just fucking swallow the hurt swallow everything and it's like when you actually talk about your thoughts out loud that's when it becomes real and i've never talked about my past until this resilience speech oh yeah right and it was like the power of talking out your feelings is profound but you almost feel like you have because you probably had the internal dialogue so many times Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You think you're okay with it. You think you're cool that, like, your dad was never around. You think you're cool that he was an alcoholic and pulled a gun on your brother. And, like, and then you speak about it out loud and it's like, that's not okay. (laughs) That's not cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not okay with this. So, um, that was kind of, like, my next plateau of, like, I have so much shit to deal with. So, um... Uh, a good part of that speech though would be would be the low point with the with the with the whole top chef thing so low point in my career nobody's hiring me as a sous chef i'm not moving anywhere i'm fucking line cook 28 i'm like kind of depressed i'm like all right what what am i going to do with my life and um and within that like year period my friend signs signs out the top chef papers for me sends them to me says sign these send them in i do i get accepted and I go, and I fucking kill it, and it sets me down the path I'm on today. And now, if I would have got accepted for any position that I applied for, or if I would have got that promotion that I was going for, or if I would have would have left my job to do something else, I never would have been given that opportunity to go on Top Chef and set me down. I am on the path today. Yeah. So like feeling like shit, depressed, not knowing what to do with my life, self-loathing to opening my own restaurants and multiple businesses. Pretty. Pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, okay, let's start. And, that, and that's where the universe will always help you out no matter how shitty yeah. the situation might yeah. be. Gives you what you need, not always what you want. Yeah. Um, so, last couple of questions. Is there something that you do when you've put in the work, you've put in the effort, and you know, similar to the solitude day, like, you give yourself a reward, something that you treat yourself with. Some people, it's like a block of chocolate. Some people, like, man, a good cup of coffee. Some people love stogies. Like, do you have something like that for yourself? That's really funny because going back to the, the whole Georgia Strait thing, the, the, the Chef of the Year Award, my, my accountability group was like, well, what are you, what are you gonna, how are you going to celebrate? That was one of the questions. I was like, no way. I'm not fucking celebrating. And uh, they're like, no, man. Like, <laughs> I'll just end up in a ditch. I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, no, you need to celebrate this. And I was like, I was like, all right, I don't know what to do. Um, but uh, I just bought a really nice bottle of wine and drank it with my wife. And mm. Red or yeah, what? Red. What do you like? Uh, I, I'm really into Italian reds right now. Uh, Barolos, Chiantis, um, definitely, definitely like those. But I mean, I drink a ton of BC wine just because farm to table restaurant we have tons of BC wine and BC is always good for wine. But yeah, yeah, Pinots, I love Pinots and awesome yeah and 
the last question is, you know, what, if you could give a guy some advice um, so that at the end of the week he felt like he'd lived more and regretted less, like what would those three things be? Three actions that he could take between now and next week. Pick up a book, uh, and a book where you feel like you're struggling, uh, whether that is uh, financially or relationship-wise or. Uh, just being content with your life and I mean I have a ton of I've been reading so much lately on my Instagram at, uh, at Chef Trevor Bird I actually do like book highlights of, of books that have really helped me out I do them every couple weeks I don't really like it's not really like a huge thing but um, I, I, I get a ton of response like the quality of post on it they, like people are like man post more book stuff post more of this because I like I, I always like read my book and I, I fold pages and take notes and stuff so um and I find them so, so much insight into those books, especially big ones. I mean, I just read like The Power of Now, which I thought would be like this, oh, this nice light read. That book is heavy, man. Like, Echo Toll fucks you up, right? Yeah, man. Like <laughs> the first three pages, it's like, it's like you can tell within the first three pages if you're ready to go down that path or not. Like, you know, a lot of people read those pages and be like, no, not right now. And I did that when I was like 25. I was like, this is bullshit. And then I read again. I was like, whoa. Like it gives everything gives you something when you're ready for it, right? And if you're not ready for it, you're not going to take it. So, uh, pick up a book with whatever you're struggling with. That would be a huge one. Instead of watching porno every night, read fucking ten pages yeah. or twenty pages. Instead of going out for a beer with a friend, just read ten pages in a book. And that that to me was a, was a game changer. Instead of going on your phone and scrolling Instagram, fucking read ten pages. It'll be way more valuable to you than doing that shit. So. Um, as I said before, technology is the devil. So, so put put constraints on yourself with what you do with technology. Check only give yourself a half hour a day of Instagram. Put your phone on airplane mode, and I got that from Tim Ferriss. Yeah, like like he says he keeps his phone on airplane mode like ninety percent a day, and yeah. and uh, it was a great. It was a two thousand seventeen or beginning of twenty eighteen podcast that he did. But then I was like, holy shit, like, that's really smart. That was a so, good fucking episode. That was like one of the best. It was like, like 20, it was, I don't know, it was half really an hour short. of him just talking. Just like, boom. Yeah. That's sick. Uh, so really control your technology. Don't let your technology control you. Uh, you will gain, you'll become such way more effective in life. Um, mm. And then number three, don't, don't try to bury your emotions. Don't try to to put off these feelings that you have. And if you need to talk somebody, talk to somebody, have a friend. I mean, human connection and, and, and friendships are growing out of being vulnerable in front of each other. And that's where the core of human connection comes from is, is think about all your best friends. Think about how much you know about them. Think about the people that you don't necessarily like or you don't, you don't get along with. How much do you actually know about yeah, them? Usually the fuck old. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody is coming from a bad place. Nobody, and that goes back to like loving compassion, where it's like everybody wants to be a good person. Everybody wants to do a good job. Nobody is is intentionally fucking you over. Nobody's intentionally fucking themselves over. It just comes from weird shit that you need to see, and and kind of welcome that with compassion. Mm. Most of us, um, happy just to go for an extra couple of minutes <laughs> here. Oh, like yeah. most of us. Um, audience guys like had it fucking like issues with our dads and you know I've tried to sort of patch that up I've like gone I've confronted him about like him having an affair with my mom and then just leaving us and 
you know all the fucked up shit that really messed me up as a young young kid like and then you know you talk about compassion and like people talk about it and it seems like the only way and you know read meditation books and it's like loving compassion and you're like sitting there trying to send this guy loving compassion and it's like oh I just don't give a fuck like is that for you personally you know like from the work that you've been doing is, is, it, is it learning to is that part of the work that's been learning to give loving compassion to you know that man and help heal the wounds because I find and I know my brother does as well like sometimes we'll talk about it and I'm like dude I just don't give a fuck and I a part of me thinks okay, that okay. like now this, this okay, <laughs> okay if you want to go down this road listen I don't know you I don't know your family and I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to overstep my boundaries here. But Go it's, for it. But, love, it, but like, love it. Step the boundary. But I was never a love. Like, you, it's, it's Tim Ferriss even talks about this a lot. Where it's like the twenty-four-year-old me would kick myself in the face talking about loving compassion, right? And he says that. I don't know if you've heard him say that. I haven't heard him say that. So, um, I think that when the more you meditate on it, the more you contemplate it. It, it, it does start to manifest in your mind. It starts to grow. It starts to overtake you. And your your father did this, right? Your father probably didn't want to do it. And I know you love your mother, but it's like shit goes two ways. Yeah. 100%. What what role was your mom playing in that? How did your dad feel? Did you ever ask him why he did it? Yeah. And I, I've that's I'm like I've gone down that path. Yeah. And it's still. I mean, maybe that's like some of the advice for the guys that are our age because I talk about it with my mates and then they're just like ugh I just don't give a fuck and maybe that's mm. just a, a phase of our lives you know in yeah. our 20s of just being in that like oh push forward and work energy I don't know yeah I mean it's, it's hard to find compassion for people that have wronged you right but, yeah. but uh, there's, there's a deeper you have to understand that there's a, a deeper don't, don't take it so personally there's a deeper meaning behind of why it happened more so than just like to fuck your family over yeah you know yeah, like definitely. Why? Why was your dad super unhappy in in the relationship? Like, what was what was going on in his life at that time? Mm. And, and and try to meet that without the without identifying it as me, 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 but like as a whole. And I think that kind of helps with like taking your ego out of that whole situation and and realizing that there is a whole other thing at play there besides just you and your mom and your brother and everything else. And and maybe that might help, but. By no means am I professional, but that's just that's kind of where my mind comes from of like, of really trying to, to squash down, you know, why does this happen to me? Why am I? Why? Why me? Mm. Type thing. And, and what happens once we get past that and it stops being about me? What? I think I think that you can. It's almost like a floodgate opens of you can meet almost any situation, and start to really, almost control your self-awareness becomes like so profound at that moment where you can actually control the outcome of conversations and the outcome of where you want, what you want an outcome to be because you're not, you're not projecting any kind of negative feelings or ill will back on somebody to project back onto yourself. And I can speak to this very personally because as I said, anger is a very harsh thing for me. It's something that I've lived with and it's like, that's my demon, man. And uh, and I've been... I, the past, like, six heavy conversations that I could have got very angry in, I didn't take so personally. I looked at the situation around what was happening without involving myself in it. 
and guided the guided the conversation where they're getting super heated. But I'm like, all right, why is he getting super heated? Like I'm not doing anything to him. So that at that point you can actually start to control what you want to happen in terms of your response to their response to so you get kind of you get kind of deep. I don't know if that was like a bit too <laughs> too out there or anything, but that's just a, it's something that I'm still I'm still very much learning it and and exploring that whole space. But um, I would say just the bottom line is like just don't take things so personally. Mm. Epic. Thanks, man. That was that was brilliant. Appreciate it. So yeah, much. man. That was awesome. Thank you.